start, uh, can, we, can I just ask you, what came into your mind when you saw the title, Stress for Success? <laughs> you got stressed. <laughs> now, to some of us, we keep on using the word stress, but how many of us really understood what it really meant? Now, when, when we talk about the clinical understanding of stress, this is about a situation that triggers a particular biological response. So in other words, it's just a situation, so it's neutral. No? So stress is not, has nothing to do with, oh, this is bad, this is good. This is a situation that triggers. So it may not trigger you, or it may. So it's neutral. And some think of stress as the key for survival. And in fact, in one of the definitions that I read, the stress is used, uh, it refers to a situation that causes discomfort. So in other words, it only speaks of the situation that oftentimes equated to negative responses. But when we talk about stress, stress for success, it depends on what you stress. Are you following? So in other words, in the situation, you have to think, what are you stressing in? Now, in this case, I want you to understand that it has something to do with how we respond to the situation. Now, I read a book about, actually, this stress for success is not really my original title. It is just a copied title from James Lord's uh, uh, book. And this is actually what he said. Stress is not an enemy but an ally that can help you improve on your performance in all your endeavors. You see, friends, we cannot avoid stress. We cannot avoid stress. Stressful situations are always there. In fact, when we were born, we were born with a twin stress. Now, even if the baby was so quiet, they would put some stress so that he would cry. Are you following? Because if he does not cry, it might end up dead. So we need to put some stress. So when I was younger, I used to do some body uh, bodybuilding, but it built fats more. <laughs> so actually, when I was doing that, I was stressing my muscle to make it big. So you, without that stress, it will not build any muscle. So I'm not saying that you keep on stressing your muscle because if you do that without resting, obviously it will destroy your muscle. So there is a form of understanding balance. Let me just share with you one of the things that Noor shared in his book, The Corporate Athlete. This is what he says. In today's corporate world, you either perform to the max or don't play. The demands of the business world are getting tougher as workers are putting in longer hours, getting less sleep, and making more difficult decisions and facing potentially serious consequences. This framework leads to a stressful life as more is expected to be accomplished with diminishing resources. Who can relate from this? Huh? Less sleep, more work. This is why I understand why people get sleepy and they get sleepy during my talks. Because <laughs> they're tired. In fact, when they were coming in, they were tired just looking for the parking space. <laughs> uh, looking for a, not for a cheaper parking, parking space. So, here is a paradigm shift. The pressure of life in corporate work, he says, is increasing in order to cope. You need to scan the 
pervading perception of stress and assess which ones works best for you. In today's workplace, the only way to survive is not to get rid of stress, but to deepen your capacity to handle stress. Why is this so important? Every time we talk about stress, we talk about basking stress. We need to remove that. The truth is this, most children today cannot cope up with the stressful kind of life we have. That's why most of them, they're committing, they're getting depressed, they're getting suicidal, because they're not prepared for stress. When I was younger, we were prepared for stress. I want to tell you how my father trained us. We were, uh, we, we were nine in a family, and my father would often talk to each one of us regarding education. And most of my siblings are honor students, except for the one who happens to be the handsomest. <laughs> my younger brother. <laughs> now, what? Since I'm not a, I'm not a scholarly type individual, he told me this. Do you want to go to school? Yes. In in, in Filipino, it's much a little bit uh, nicer to to uh, to to, to, uh, to connect the words like gusto mo bang pumasok? In, in English, if it's literally translated, do you want to enter? You want to go? Something like that. So do you want to go to school? Of course. So how much do you need? So I said, computing all the transportation fares, about 30 pesos at that time. I don't know the equivalent in dollars, but 30 pesos. And then he gave me 5 pesos. And I said, why are you giving me 5 pesos? Then he told me this. I told you I will help you to go to school. It's up to you now to get back. <laughs> it's up to you now to go home, to come home. That, that's now your problem, not mine. How about the food? Food, you prepare everything you want. Whatever you see in the kitchen, you bring it to your school. That's your and what could you see at that time was only banana and bread. And can you imagine you would see your classmate eating their sandwiches with blowing red ketchup from their lips? And yet here you are, your sandwich is banana? So I also put some ketchup in it. So, so honestly, I did all of those. And it was a stressful education. But it helped me to understand that life is really stressful. So nowadays, they give everything. In fact, before when we study, we go to our neighbors to, to, to borrow their encyclopedia. And if the neighbor would not want you to, to they, they would not want to lend their books, they would bring out their dogs and you would run with them from the dogs. So that's part of the stressful training. <laughs> that's true. And it wasn't easy now. You have all the computers, you have all the access. Just you just you just talk to Alexa or to Google and even to Siri. They'll help you. We don't have them during those days. But the stress we experienced when we were younger helped us a lot to face the stress of today. No wonder most people nowadays, the young people, they're not prepared. And they could not cope up with the demands of this world. Now, this is why I want to share with you the issue of stress for success. You see, the situation is neutral. It's, it's like this. It depends now on what you stress, what you want to stress in a certain situation. For example, if you go to the beach and you are just geared to swim and there are large and big waves coming, obviously you would say, wow, this is a bad day. We cannot swim. There's lots of waves, of big waves. But 
if you went there for surfing and you are geared to surf, seeing those waves would make you ecstatic and say, wow, this is great. What a great timing. Are you following? If you're a storm chaser, the same thing. If there's storm, hallelujah, there's storm. We have to chase this storm. But if you are not a storm chaser, obviously, wow, this is a calamity. Now, this is the challenge for all of us. We need to have the right gear in life in order to cope up with the stress that, that somehow the world is bringing into us. Now, I would say this because I'm a Bible-believing person. Whatever God brings in and allows in into our lives, it may seem to be stressful. One thing for sure, no trial, no testing, no temptation Amen. Amen. has come upon you which is not common to men. And look at the promise. But God is faithful that He will not let you be tempted beyond your strength. So in other words, when God allows these things to happen, what He wanted you to have is to be victorious. But you need to be geared up properly. So, our topic this morning, as our first topic, is a stress-geared living. Now, I praise God because Jesus Christ gave us a very good example on how to be geared properly in order to overcome stress. If Jesus did not win those stresses, stressors in life, perhaps we are still in our sins. Okay, pa kayo? <laughs> no, let's continue. So, look at this. So, I would like to use Jesus as one of our examples. Now, let me just ask you this. Do you ever just get tired thinking of the things you've got to do? No? Do you know what I'm going to do? So, here's the secret, and 
Imagine this. Let me just as I ask the how many of you saw Avengers: The Endgame? Almost everybody saw it. For those who did not see it yet, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, what's it? You know, you will love Iron Man. No. You know, when I was looking at it, I saw how stressful for a man who believed that this is the only answer to their situation. He was the only person who could solve the problem. As if the whole world is upon his shoulder. You know how hard it would be, how stressful it would be? And here is Jesus Christ. He is the real one who's, who the world, but the whole world is really upon his shoulder. In fact, in 1 John 2, says Jesus is the one who looks, who took God's wrath against our sin upon himself. So it would be so stressful. But what was his secret? What was his what was his what were his gears for his stress for this stressful situation or stressful uh, uh, life and even stressful uh, so what do you objected? Now let's look at this. First, the first gear is the gear of identification. You see, whenever you come to any place. It is a dangerous place. Sometimes people would ask, or the security would often ask you, where's your ID? Uh -huh. What's your life? What, what right do you have to come in? Now, here is Jesus Christ. He was geared. He knows exactly his identity. He knows who he is as a person. Most people, they are so, they can easily get into a to, to give in to stressors because they do not know who they are. Let me just give you a concrete example. Supposing, uh, what's your name again? Marife. I asked her before I came in, will you be leading us into some songs? So, how are to see her? So, obviously, if you push someone, it's not her identity, it is not her call, it is not her giftings. It would create so much stress. Now let's put it this way. Supposing she was convinced to sing. She practiced for one week and he even she even spent sleepless nights thinking about the lyrics, the tune. He even contacted someone who knows how to play a guitar to accompany her. She practiced as in relentlessly. On the day of her performance, she made a mistake as in she, yung, the voice could not come out. And everybody was laughing except her. Now, when she gets home, obviously, she would cry and she would be so stressful thinking about the laughters of the people, imagining everyone's face laughing at her. She would not be able to sleep. Why? Because that is not her calling. But if Gary Valenciano would come and sing and made a mistake, he would just laugh about it. He would not bother if people laugh. It's already established reality that he is a singer. Are you following? So you need to know who you are. In fact, most of us Filipinos, 
nothing. This is, you know, it's just, just not normal. But if I'm trying hard to speak what I do not really know, it would be so stressful. In the meeting, I always observe this because I've been speaking to different companies and this is the common complaint. The leaders, because in the Philippines, there's a, like, what would I would say, a difference. The, the people on the top of the management, they would speak in English. The people on the rank and file, oftentimes they would speak in their language, okay, or Filipino. Okay? So during the meeting, you would be surprised. Everyone is quiet. While the, the leader would keep on, the presider would keep on speaking, and he would ask, okay, any suggestion, any insight, everyone is quiet. You know why? Because they were afraid to express themselves in a language that they are not comfortable with. Then when they get out, Lift him up and lift him up. And both of one would be lifted up. 
Christ. Amen. Thank you, then. So that's the point. If you know your identity, there's no point of envy. There's no point of comparison. There's no point of trying to figure out, I would like to be like him. I would like, it's okay if you want to improve, but not to be envious of anybody else. So you need to know who you are. In fact, when we face challenges, if you know who you are, well, by the way, I am a child of God. I need not to, 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 de to be defeated on this. It's like David when he saw Goliath. He knew who he was. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? To insult the army of the Lord. Because I belong to that God. I am one of them. And he's insulting my God. You know, and he was just 17 years old. Compared to a 9-footer guy. And this man, I don't know what height he had, he had at the time. But just imagine. Let's say 6 footer now. 6 against 9. Ooh. You see? But I will explain tomorrow more about that. But today, I, let's not. Just, but he just knew who he was. And he stood up against Goliath. And he was not afraid. Because he knew that he belongs to the Lord. You see, if we understand that we belong to God, if that's our identity, that we are the children of God, can you imagine what kind of problem would you be afraid of? Okay, well, okay, it will help us to understand. If we know who we are, it will help us to overcome. You know, he replied, if you, Jesus Christ, if you, if you only knew who I am, you would ask me for some living water. And, and then, he, just look at this. Jesus knew exactly who he was. And the question is this. Do you know who you are? The people, they thought that their, their identity depends on the kind of clothes they wear. Because, of their, because they do not know who they are, they would make sure that they would wear something that has an identity. Well, you see, I'm wearing a Lacoste. <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> you feel so confident. I'm Lacoste. But it's low cost, actually. <laughs> now, some people, they would put Tommy Hilfiger. They would put Calvin Klein. Just to prove that this is what, who I am. Or look at my luggage. Look at this. This is remodel. As if your identity depends on what you have. They're not. And when we were younger, we used to play basketball. And most of our players, they would want to wear Jordan shoes. But even if they do wear Jordan shoes, they could not shoot. <laughs> Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying our best. Why? 
But we fail to understand that's not our turf. Because we need to accept that this is our height. I used to play, I really love basketball. When I saw Shaquille O'Neal for the first time, I forgot everything about basketball. I said, forget it. I'm lucky. And when I was watching, for example, Stephen Curry, wow, that's us. But even if you have all Stephen Curry in the, like five Stephen Curry, and against two Shaquille O'Neal, I think we would not have a chance. Are you still here? <laughs> we need to admit our identity. So I thank God there is Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> At least there's a, 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 a equal footings when he fights. So what I'm saying is this. What makes us most of the time stressful or succumb to stressors is because we do not know who we are. It's not about your name. It's not about your work, it's about who you really are. I was an accountant, I was a businessman, and you know what? I never realized that I was called to be a pastor until God showed himself to me by telling me, this is who you are. So... Jesus said, I am he, look at this, I am he who testifies about myself. He doesn't need anybody else to testify about him because he knows who we are. I don't need what people are saying about me. What I need is what? What, what do I really think who I am before God? You see, most people, they live based on what others are thinking about them. They're living with the opinions of others. That's not our life. Our life is God designed us uniquely us. Just look at the person next to you. Aren't you happy that you do not look like that person? <laughs> it's not it's in an insulting way. It is just one way of saying we are not mass-produced. We are not mass-produced. We are individually fashioned by God. Are you following? In other words, you are important. Can you imagine if all of us in this room would look like Dennis? The height, Dennis. The likes and dislikes is the same as Dennis. All of us become redundant. Some of us can be taken away and that is needless. But if we know we're uniquely us, you are important to the Lord. Every one of us. So it releases us from stressful feelings of down being down. We tend to say, now, now I can be successful in my own right because I know who I am. I don't need to try to want to achieve what others have achieved because maybe God has a different measure for me. If God gave me five talents, then, or the other one is one talent, the one talent guy should ever think, oh, I cannot do this because I have only one talent compared to him, he has five talents. The truth is this, if you can be faithful with your one talent, and the Lord will increase that little by little, because it is based on your ability to handle whatever God has given you. Okay? So the second thing that we should understand is this, the dedication. No 
who to please. Understand, who am I really pleasing? If I am this, who am I really pleasing? Because every time, every time we make decisions, sometimes we are affected by what people will say about us. Amaba? What people will say about our performance. Now, Jesus Christ beautifully said this, I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not, listen to this, to please myself, but him who sent me. Now, ask the person next to you, who created you? Who are you for? For the one who created you. Now, the person next to you is not the person who created you. It was the Lord. So you think of him. You please him. You see, Jesus Christ said, look at this. I am one with my father. So I came here because of him. So I came here to please him. Nobody else. It's like this. I remember I was in Singapore and I heard this preaching from Edmund Chan. And Edmund Chan was saying, there was a time I had a dream. And in my dream at that time, we were not yet married. My wife and I were not yet married, he said. Then he said, then as, I, as we were walking, as we were walking, and as we are about to cross the bridge, in my dream, we were holding hands. Then in my dream, I saw Jesus at the other end of the bridge. And I, and I ran as fast as I could, since the bridge was about a kilometer long. I ran as fast as I could, and I remember in the middle, oh, my girlfriend! He left my girlfriend behind because he saw Jesus. Now, it was now a choice between Jesus and the girlfriend. And he got so confused. Then he said, well, my girlfriend did not die for me. Jesus did. So he went to Jesus. He made a choice, he, went, he ran to Jesus, and as soon as he reached Jesus, he was so surprised, her, his girlfriend was already there, because she runs faster. <laughs> so what he said, because I chose Jesus, even the very desire of my heart was given to me. Delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desire of your heart. When you say you delight, it means, Lord, you are finding your joy in God. You're finding joy in God. And if God feels that it will make you more joyful, if He gives it to you, that the very desire that He will give it to you. But if not, He will change the desire and change it to something that will really make you satisfied. Are you following? Yes. Hello? Yes. Okay, <laughs> So, dedication, know who to please. Will you do this thing, or let's say, if we know that God created me and loved me, then I would just give my, my full attention to Him. If there is something that will really help us to, to simplify our lives, because the truth is this, you cannot please everyone. Is there anyone here who can please everybody? For example, all over the place in Canada, there are games. There are like certain competition. Not everyone would be pleased. When I was in Seattle, some of them they love using rockets. Some of them they love Golden State Warriors. So if I make a statement about Golden Warriors, what the Houston Rockets would begin to oh that's unfair. Are you following? Now the same thing. Some of you are lovers of Iron Man. And some are Captain America. If I overemphasize Iron Man, oh, Captain America is better, and the, the 
anybody. You see, some of us are praying for a rain. Some of us are praying for sunlight. Right? Sunny day. So we don't have we different we have different preferences on a certain day. But you see, but in in reality, you cannot please everyone. To me, as a pastor, I will always offend some, and others would be pleased. But never, never to to as if to be your objective to please everybody. You cannot. Even the politicians, they could not do that. With all their lies, they could not please everybody. This is total election now. They could not please everyone. So I always do, look at Jesus Christ, I always do those things that are pleasing to Him. In other words, He's only living to please one person. He lives for an audience of one. Okay, Paul? So tell the, next, the person next to you, live for an audience of one. And God already told us this, we cannot serve two masters. The reason... Can you imagine that particular verse? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. And you know the continuation? For this reason, do not be worried. You see, worry is a double-minded person. So people will always be anxious if they're trying to serve both God and wealth. Or both God and the world. You have to make a choice. Am I fully God for God or for the world? You see, I always tell people this. If you cannot live uh, as in for the Lord 100%, then live for the world 100%. Enjoy the pleasure of sin so that when you get to hell, it's, what, it's just even. You just got what you deserve. Instead of playing with two words, and eventually you will also fall into heaven. Eh, to hell. Dilugi ka. Aside from the food, they would add 
medicine, <laughs> not for maintenance, until they lose their strength and die, accomplishing nothing. Friends, we are not here for survival. We're here to accomplish a purpose. This is why most people, when, they, when something happens which is uncontrollable, they get so stressful. But if you're a man of purpose, you would easily understand that this situation is not necessarily bad. This is something good for our purpose. Or maybe this may help us to detour because this is not exactly that will bring us, this is exactly the road that will bring us to where we want to go. So you need to know your real purpose. When we were younger, we are being molded by people telling us this is what you should do, this is what you should do. You see, you can only understand your purpose when you get back to your Creator. What do I mean? Supposing I'm, I, I'm making, I, let's say I, I'm doing something like this, this part of my business. I'm creating different kinds of pieces of furnitures. What is this for? A sin. Everybody say this is sin. But you see, I did this not necessarily to be sat on, but for, for me to stand on. Yeah, because I want to see most of you who are already sleeping something. So, so the purpose was not there like as a sin. So can you complain and say, no, that's not wrong? No, I was the one who did this. It's not you. So I know exactly why I created something like this. So in the same manner, if you truly want to understand your purpose in life, your calling in life, you need to get back to your Creator and really speak sincerely and heart to heart with God and say, God, why did you create me? This is exactly what brought me to Christianity. I was asking God, why did you create me? Did you create me just to suffer hardship, difficulties in life? And I praise God. God answered his prayer. A jinn just passed by with a loud sound and the sound was like, the music was like this. What am I living for if not for you? <laughs> Lord, is that you? <laughs> then all of a sudden, I just don't know what to do. Because do you know where you're going? <laughs> oh, yes, I don't know. And it took a while before God showed me the way. But it was a heart-to-heart -heart asking God, why? Why did you create me like this? In fact, when I, already, I was already a Christian, I was still complaining about who I am. Because I was already giving seminars to different companies and there was a time I was invited in Mitsubishi Motors. Are you familiar with that? Then I was invited and so I was coming in. Imagine that people were trying, wow, he's so handsome. <laughs> I 
And you know, I praise God because the Lord encouraged me from His Word. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I said, but I cannot still understand. <laughs> Aren't you happy that your nose is not inverted? <laughs> what do you mean? If it's inverted, a, bris a bristle would make you drown. <laughs> but honestly, as time passes by, I praise God. My nose may not be that sharp, but after 28 years of being married, I'm still enjoying the joy of someone loving me as I am. But my friend, his wife left him. Can you imagine with all the beauty, with all the, you know, external appearances, attractive, and yet that disengaged. Very unfortunate. So, when God, then God, God told me this, it doesn't matter how your nose look, what matters is can you breathe easier. Hello. Sa Tagalog, nakakahinga ka ba ng maluwag? So friends, understand your purpose. Jesus answered, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Have you ever asked yourself why God placed you here in Canada? Oh, instead of, oh, prices of gas are increasing. That's not the point. If you truly understand your purpose, the prices of gasoline does not matter. Because God will provide for you. Uh, I am a pastor and I travel often a lot. During weekday, weekdays, I travel from one place to another. I have no office. My office is my car. I often travel. And somebody asked me this because of the the prices of gasoline jacking up and they said, aren't you worried about the prices of gasoline? Why should I? That is God's concern. My concern is to minister. If I would, I could not afford and God would not provide for my gasoline, then I would walk. Because I would just do my purpose. And if I could no longer walk, then maybe the Lord will call somebody else to do the work. Because I will just focus on what God allows me to do. And to focus on your purpose. Then you can concentrate on your priorities. You know, this is a one of the most, I know, because we don't know who we are, we don't know what we're living for, we don't know our real calling, oftentimes we lose our priorities. We buy things we do not really need, and oftentimes to please those people we hate. <laughs> Yeah. This is the challenge. If you know, you, you know your priorities, you know also, and you know your purpose, you also know your priorities. So you won't get stressed with all the offerings that people have to tell you, look, you got to have this, you have to have this. You know, just buying a computer is very stressful. Because everybody's saying, this is better, this is better, this is better. You need to buy something. Oh, it's too expensive. You think, but when you look at it, why would I buy something like that? I'm not on a gaming. I'm not a programmer. I would just take what is necessary for me, for word processing or PowerPoint. So I would just concentrate on that. You see, look how many computers I have. There's an old one for my PowerPoint. This one for my notes. Okay, come here. So that when they borrow my PowerPoint, they could not have my notes. 
I'm just compiling them while I'm speaking. So, the Lord was very clear on this. When the days were approaching for His ascension, He was determined, single-minded, to go to Jerusalem. Because He knew at that time, He was to die. He was to suffer from the hands of the Pharisees, from the hands of the elders. Where? In Jerusalem. If you knew that you would suffer there, will you still continue to go there? Obviously not. You will avoid sufferings. But he was determined because he knew why he came. And that was his priority at that time. So that Jesus said to them, No one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You see, whenever I go to places, you see, as in going around to see nature or going around to see beautiful or tourist spots, it's never been my priority. My priority is what I am meant to be here, to teach. Are you following? So when people ask me, where do you want to go? I will just follow where you will bring me. But in my heart, I will always want just to be in my room, preparing for what I meant to be. Are you following? Because I know my priorities. So when they tell me, going back to me, they will say, Oh, you enjoyed your trip? Oh, yes. How? What did you see? People? <laughs> no, what, what do you mean? No, I rarely go around. In fact, every time they see me, oh, this is beautiful, this is beautiful, take pictures. I get easily get bored. As in, I'm thinking about my thoughts. <laughs> but of course, I cannot show that to my host. That's nice. <laughs> But if you know your priorities, no amount of circumstances or bad circumstances will make you stressful because you know that those are just part of the program of God. At first, honestly, at first when I saw my face on the mirror, because I rarely see it, then I saw myself, oh, what happened? So I would be speaking, and that reminded me, what is your priority? To look yourself cute? <laughs> your priority is to speak of my word so that they would not look at your face but they will listen to you. O, di na relax na ulit ako. Di ba? Sa totoo lang. Kaya, all things, remember, are legitimate based on the amplified version or permissible or we are free to do anything we please. But look at the words. But not all things are helpful, expedient, profitable, and wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying the spiritual life. See, the people tried to keep him living in. He said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in the other towns also. Look at his priorities. It could not be kept by any human being to stay because he knows that he had something else to do. Okay? So when people would invite you, let's watch movie. No, I have an exam. Oh, it's okay. You will not fail. But what is your real priority? So when I was studying, the reason why I was, I, I, my priority was to finish my college. So even if my friends would invite me and call me to do something else, I would just say no. I'm sorry. First, I cannot watch movie. I cannot afford. I could not afford at that time. Besides, even if do I do afford, that's not my priority. 
Amen. So during the exam, while everybody is studying during the exam, I was already answering my exam, my test papers. Some of our, that's why some of the students, because they did not do their work properly, they do not understand their priorities. During the exam, that's the only time they will have a group study. <laughs> and they call that cheating arrangement. <laughs> now, so, because you know your priorities, you also know your partners in life. You have the attitude of, you know how to delegate. For example, have you ever heard the word, if you want things to be done right, do it? Do it yourself. If you want it done right, look at the experts. Can you imagine your faucet is not functioning properly and you do not know plumbing? So when you do that by yourself because you want it done right, obviously not. You will look for a plumber to do that. That is our common attitude. We don't want to delegate to people because we still believe that we're the best. No, we're limited. You know what makes Bill Gates great? He hires experts. He was not the expert. He hires experts. You know, I met a guy who owns the Max restaurant back in Seattle, and I was very surprised. I asked him, Do you, are you a chef or something? No, I'm a businessman. I don't know anything about food. I just know how to eat. <coughs> but I know how to do business. That's why I put this up. Okay, huh? Some people, they are somehow limited because they, they could not see a larger picture. Here is Jesus Christ. When we think that we are just the center of everything and we are the best, we surely we will be stressful. Look at Jesus. He appointed twelve, designated them apostles. Why? That they might be with Him, that He might send them out to preach. Was He not the best preacher? Yes, but in order to preach throughout the world, He needed the twelve. And in fact, His life would be limited, so He needed to train the twelve to do the work. Okay, Paul? Similar to us, we need to understand to delegate. We have our partners. When I was still, when we were still newly married, my wife, she doesn't like kitchen. As much as she could, she could avoid kitchen, she would do it. And at that time, I just loved cooking. I used to work in a so uh, in Magnolia, uh, one of the suppliers of Magnolia in the Philippines. I was one of the cooks. Okay, so. I love cooking. So now that my priority is in teaching, during those early years, I was training my wife to do the kitchen work. So when I saw her potential, I promoted her to the kitchen department. <laughs> <laughs> and surprisingly, she grew too, physically. <laughs> because before, she was really so sunny. Well, because now that she's promoted, she had to taste it so well. <laughs> she was surprised. I grown so fast. That's part of the kitchen work. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say, no, you should, when you get married, you should be doing this with, no. 
you need to understand that there are forms of delegation. You cannot do everything. We are one body. Okay? Then, understand where your power comes from. Meditation. Meditation. When you think of meditation, it's not like sitting and you know, in a injects, ano, para what you call cross leg, then um, that's not meditation. You see, that's I don't know. But real meditation is focusing on something, thinking as in time to digest every word, how to put that into practice. That's meditation. It's just really focusing. It's learning to listen to God. Don't just talk to Him as in learn to listen to Him as if you wait for minutes or hours. You see, this is a chance to understand that everything we do, since we are created by God, He alone also knows how to how things to be done. And He can tell us, instruct us on how to do things. So by His grace, you would understand, wow, this is where my power comes from. You know, prior to my coming here, uh, when I back in their house, uh, Pastor Daddy's house, I woke up early, like 3, 3 a.m. And I was telling the Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't want to be stressed with this. I want to understand, since you have called me to be a pastor, and since you are the author of languages, Lord, help me. Empower me. As in, speak through me, if necessary. Because I don't know. I can explain this in my own language, but you know what God told me somehow? This is, this is what He said. My work is not done by human strength. It is always done by my spirit. You see, learn. Look at this. The news about Him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear it and to be healed. But look at Jesus. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Gabi, no? He always. Wow. Well, people are clamoring. Okay, I will minister to you. But this time, I'm sorry. I have to go and talk to the most important person in my life. My father. I would pray. Some of us are too as in tired, exhausted. You know why? You never really spend time speaking, talking, meditating with the source of your power in life. God. You know, the reason why God wants us to have a Sabbath where we can worship and focus on Him, the idea of Sabbath is to really dedicate it to the Lord, a day dedicated to God. And you know why most people, even if they do attend services on Sunday and they're still tired and exhausted, you know why? Because even on Sunday, they're not doing that for God. They're doing that for themselves. Oftentimes when we have vacation, what we usually do and think? Our laundry, our recreation pasyang, but not really God. When they come in service, they are still not going for God because they're looking for who is the one speaking. They're not seeking for God. They're seeking for what they can satisfy them. So, after the service, they're still tired. They're still exhausted. They don't have enough strength for the whole week because they are not doing it for God. When you do service, you're thinking of God. 
When you listen to the message, Lord, I want to hear you speak to me so that I would know what to do for you and how to minister to you. Amen? So when you hear challenges from the pastors, maybe God's telling you, this is what you should learn to do for me. It's not para, what Lord, bless me, please. Oh, I feel so blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, what's your message? I was blessed. <laughs>
We have to improve, O oh God, in this life so that we would really understand the joy of living a life of freedom in the Spirit. Thank you, God. Guide us and lead us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.